open up a lot of gifts. I think you guys are probably going to open up a lot of gifts as well, as we have lots of gifts underneath the tree. Um, the question is, is, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do with the gift? And I know there's a lot of kids in the room. I see a lot of kids right here. And they're like, well, we're going to play with it. <laughs> I know when I open it up, we're going to take it outside, and we're going to whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. Uh, we're going to play with it. And adults will come up with uh, you know, something more mature and say, you know, we're going to use it. You know, we'll, just, we'll use our gifts you know, that we'll receive tomorrow. Or, or some might just say, you know, we'll just give thanks for it. Uh, we'll give thanks for it. Or maybe we'll just um, enjoy it. Or maybe we'll eat it on what it is. It's lots of food. We'll just consume the entire gift. I mean, it's time of celebration tomorrow. We're going to open up gifts. What are we going to do with it? Well, there's lots of things you can do with a gift. In fact, take a pick. Take a pick. Whatever you want to do with it, use it, enjoy it, live it up, whatever it is, we get to make that decision. I remember at Christmas way back when, I think I was at 10 years old, 11 years old, and and, uh, and, and I wanted a bike for Christmas. And I just was obsessed with getting a bike for Christmas. So there was a time of the Sears catalog. I know a lot of kids don't know what I'm talking about. We got the Sears catalog, and you circle all the pictures of what you want for Christmas. And, and I was obsessed with a bike. And my younger brother, he wanted a, a bicycle as well. And, uh, and we had our picks, big old circles, this one with big old arrows. Mom, this is the one. Dad, this is the one that we wanted. And, and uh, my mom, uh, after I had this big circle around this one, uh, had this bike, and she saw one in the corner and says, well, what about this bike right here? And I said, oh, Mom, <laughs> whatever you do, don't buy me that one. <laughs> that is not the one. No, this is the one. And I put it, you know, th- this one right here. And I-, I made a very strong emphasis. You're really not going to buy me that one. Oh, no, 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 I won't. No, 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 it's, it's all right. And I said, all right, okay, I, I feel secure about it. Little did I know, she already purchased that one that was not the one that I wanted. And I didn't know about it, but I made it very clear, so I assumed that, you know, I wasn't going to get it, even though it was already purchased, already ordered. And sure enough, we wake up Christmas morning, and I tell you, there's two long boxes. You can tell a bike. You know, I got a bike. My brother got a bike. Why? Two long boxes. And, And my brother opens up his bike and like, oh my goodness, I got the one that I wanted. And then I went over to my bike and I tore all the paper off and and I looked at it and it wasn't the one. I ruined Christmas. (laughs) I wiped Christmas out that that year. In fact, I uh, threw a royal fit and and, I just, I know, I I I regret it, but boy, I was sad. It wasn't the one. Sure enough, you know, said, Mom, you know, I wanted a mountain bike, and this is not a mountain bike, and the reason why I want a mountain bike is because I want to, you know, do mountain bike things with it, and this one is not going to last, and even though I have it, I guarantee it's not going to last, so I think you should take it back, and she says, I will not take it back, and I'm like, okay, Mom, that's fine, but I'm still going to treat it like a mountain bike, and I treated it like a mountain bike, and it was only two weeks later I brought it in, and, and it was completely broken. I said, Mom, you better bring it back because it does not a mountain bike. You know, I asked for the mountain bike, and this is not a mountain bike, and, and I completely messed it up. So she goes, well, we'll just fix it. So we sent it back, and they got it all fixed, and they brought it back again. And then what did I do? I took it to the Honda Jumps again, and I just smashed it to pieces. I brought it back and said, Mom, you know, I, here's my bike. I said I needed a mountain bike. This isn't a mountain bike. You know, it's all broken. They just can't handle me. And, okay, we'll take it back. We'll fix it again. We took it back again. They, they shipped it over and then brought it back and fixed it again. And the third time, Sears Roebuck says, no more. We'll just take it back. 
and you can have your money. And I'll never forget, they gave my mom the money, and she handed the money over to me and says, get the bike you want. <laughs> and I know, I'm just a, a rotten kid. You guys are just thinking, oh boy, I was a rotten kid. Sure enough, what did I do? Took the money, and I went out, and I got the bike I wanted. You can do whatever you want with a gift. <laughs> you can even be mad and angry about it. You can ruin it. You can do all, anything you want with it as it shows up. So we had a passage tonight, and just kind of look at it for the next eight minutes, ten minutes or so. Isaiah 9, 6, very familiar passage. I just want to look through it. It says this, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Look at that first sentence. For us, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. Jesus did not just come. Jesus was given to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus was a gift. But what does this gift look like? This gift is described in this passage. It's described with these compound names that are given inside of this passage. And inside of these compound names, you can even get the dynamics of what this gift looks like. So I just want to go through these compound names and get the dynamics of what this gift looked like. And, and then we'll ask the question after we hit each of the compound names. What are you going to do with this gift? What are you going to do with this gift? The first compound name that is given in the passage is Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean? means wonderful wisdom. Wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous wisdom. Coming in this gift that is being handed specifically to us. Well, give us the dynamics of this wonderful wisdom that you are talking about that comes in Jesus Christ. You know, John MacArthur just had a comment on the couple, um, on Jesus, and he, this is his comment. He says, Jesus never wrote a book and yet all the libraries of this world cannot hold the books that are written about him. Jesus never wrote a song, and yet he has furnished the theme of most, of most songs than any songwriters combined. Jesus never founded a college, yet all the schools together cannot boast of as many students as he has. Jesus has never practiced medicine and yet he has healed more broken hearts than all the doctors have healed broken bones. Jesus has been talked about for 2,000 years and has continued to talk about as he continues to transform lives with his wonderful wisdom, a gift given to us. For unto us a child is born, the son has been given to you, he is wonderful wisdom. What are you going to do with it? Let me just, something to think about. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Mighty God is the next one. What does mighty God mean? Mighty God means that Jesus is absolutely divine. And when you start talking about the word God, there's some uh, big words that you can use all-knowing, all-powerful, completely, entirely sovereign. I mean complete power is what he is. Complete power. God, power beyond. 
But if God's not powerful enough, you've got to put mighty in front of it. What does mighty mean? Mighty means powerful. So, I mean, what does it say? Powerful beyond powerful God. <laughs> big, 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 big boy. Coming in a manger. To us, a son will be born. And to you, this God will then be given to you. What are we going to do with it? <laughs> this is a big gift. God comes in a manger handed to us. A huge gift. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? How are we going to respond to it? How are we going to react to it? The next one, eternal father. It's interesting that this word is used in regards to God the father is here, but also Jesus is the son of God. And here, he's calling Jesus an eternal father. What is he talking about? His eternal father is described as a savior role. As a father who loves and a father who protects is a father who provides and a father who nurtures, a father who comforts. It is a father who gives assurance, a father instructs, a father informs, a father leads, a father guides, a father disciplines. All these things that a father can do, God is saying, inside of this son that is coming and this gift that is being handed and is be granted to you, eternal father. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond to it? How are you going to handle it? Are you going to use it? Are you going to abuse it? Are you going to reject it? What, what, is, what are we going to do with these words, eternal father? Then the other compound name is prince of peace. What is peace? Peace is freedom from disturbance. What brings freedom from disturbance? Does the absence of war bring freedom from disturbance? Does the absence of war bring peace? I mean, we've been you know, not in necessary war, and, and it doesn't seem like peace has accomplished this world. Does the absence of a pandemic, does that bring peace? Does the increase of money bring peace? Does health in our bodies, does it bring peace? There's a lot of people who are healthy that do not have peace as well. Do relationships, or lack thereof, bring peace? I mean, what, what brings peace? If you're going to have peace, two things need to take place. Two things. Just two. And if these two things can be fixed, you know, peace, peace will be taken care of. The first thing that needs to be fixed is relationships need to be restored and brought into perfect health. That's what has to happen. If peace is going to happen, the relationships need to be restored and brought into perfect health. You know, when sin took place, what happened? Sin is an annihilation of relationships. We see that in Genesis. We see God and man, an annihilation of relationship there. We see God and woman, annihilation of relationship there. We see man and woman, annihilation of relationship as they're going to be at each other in this process. And we see woman and Satan, you know, annihilation of relationship there. Man is now in conflict with the earth and mankind is in, even in conflict with themselves. So if the whole world is put together, there's still an internal conflict because we're not relationally put together with ourselves, with each other, or even with God. So if there's this prince of peace, this prince of peace, he's going to have to deal with this relationship aspect. He must deal with this relationship aspect. The other thing that if there is a, a prince of peace that are out there, he needs to deal with death. Death is going to have to be conquered. I mean, period, because right now every step I take is walking closer to a grave. 
Every moment that passes, I'm getting older and older, and gravity is taking advantage of me. I mean, it's just taking full advantage of me, and absolutely everybody else. So death, death has to get rid of if there's going to be a prince of peace that is out there. I have a prayer journal, and this is a prayer that I, I just read. It says this, Jesus was cast off that I might be brought in. Christ was in anguish that I might be full of joy, trodden down as an enemy so I would be welcome as a friend. Jesus suffered hell's worst so I could have heaven's best. Jesus was stripped so I could be clothed, wounded that I might be healed. He was a thirst so that I might drink, tormented so I could be comforted, made ashamed that I might inherit glory, entered darkness that I might have eternal life, My Savior wept so that all the tears would be wiped away from my eyes, endured all pain that I might have unfading health, rejected so I can be accepted, cast down so I can be brought up. The word prince is royal ruler. The word peace is freedom from disturbance. Christ came to take care of both relationships and to conquer death to bring peace to this world. It's handed to us. It's handed to us as a gift. And tonight and tomorrow morning, we're gonna celebrate this gift that has come from heaven down to earth. But the question is, again, what are you gonna do with it? (laughs) How are you gonna treat it? I mean, yes, we're gonna celebrate tonight, we're gonna celebrate it tomorrow, but all of a sudden we got 2022 coming up. Now, we're just celebrating this gift that we have for 2022, but really think about it. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to treat it? How are you going to respond to it? What should we do with it? How should we treat it? How should we respond to it? Here's a challenge of what we should do in regards to responding to this gift. Embrace it. Thank him for it. Praise him for it. Give your life to it and love them for it. It's not extreme. It's the commandments of the Bible. Celebrate me. I left heaven. I came to earth for you. It is a gift, and everything has been handed to you. Celebrate me, and give your life to me. We're going to take communion, and I just want to give a couple logistics in regards to communion is that uh, there's tables in the back and there's, um, there's uh, the elements also here in the front and uh, the worship band is gonna come up and they're just gonna sing songs and, and take your time. We got about four or five, maybe even six songs as we take communion. So take your time as we're playing. You don't need necessarily long lines, but just come up as individuals or come up as family as well and, uh, and celebrate um, the Lord's Supper together. Just a little logistical pieces of it. You're looking for the bread. It's inside of the juice. That is where the bread is at. Also, um, non-gluten bread is in the back as well. But as you're looking at this, think about it. Jesus' body was what? Broken. This is what the bread represents. My bread was broken for you. Embrace him. Thank him. Love him. Give your life to it. Praise him for it. Worship him for it. That's what I challenge you to do when you come up to take the bread. And as you take the cup, it just be the same thing. Worship him, celebrate him, embrace him, give your life away, 
love him for it. Those are the commandments of the word. Jesus has done all the work. And as he's done all the work, he's asking us to step forward here and meet him at the table and celebrate him for doing all the work and laying our lives down and treating him as king and Lord. Father, I just thank you so much for coming. You have done all the work. God, you were in glory in heaven before you came to earth. Yeah, you came to earth, God, as, as a man. And God, when you came to earth, you didn't live in a castle. You didn't live in a kingdom. God, you were, you were homeless. You were dirty. God, you were poor. Oftentimes, you're probably hungry. And God, you lived a perfect life and through every single action that you've ever done. Absolutely perfect. God, we know that the Father needs a perfect sacrifice, and you are him, a perfect sacrifice. And then, God, you went to the cross, and you died for me specifically. You died for us specifically. You died for the world. Thank you, God, so much for this gift. Thank you, God, that you did not remain dead, but death is conquered, and you rose again on three days, three days later. God, this is a gift that has been handed to us I just pray that we'll be a people who celebrate it tonight, who celebrate it tomorrow, and who celebrate it all the way through 2022. We love you in Christ's name. Amen.